Hello, and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20-minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson, and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of 8 Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Welcome back to 8 Minutes to Ageless. This is Dr. Kelly Pearson, your host. And today we're going to be talking about what a lot of people don't think about it routinely, and that is why some people age well and some people don't age well. And yes, genetics plays a role, but I'm also a big fan of the science of epigenetics, meaning that you can be given a pretty crummy genetic card, but if you change your behavior different than perhaps your mom who gave you that genetic card, you can actually turn those genes on or off so that you don't end up having to be in that specific way. Now, there are very few exceptions to that rule, of course. There's exceptions always to every rule. But mostly, even if you've been handed crummy genetics, there's a lot you can do about it. So the question is, why do some people age well and others not? And we're going to be focusing on movement here, of course. So let me tell you a story about a 92-year-old who came in with his 90-year-old wife. They were both from Germany and maybe weighed 100 pounds, each of them, and very, very spry. So during my examination, it was quite clear this guy had tremendous range of motion. And it turns out that he could stand on his one leg and take his heel with his hand on the same heel side and straighten his leg up over his head. Wow. He could sit on the ground, he could put his feet all the way out to the side and just slowly let his chest hit the floor. Wow, again. And because he knew I was impressed, he then did me the favor of doing 20 push-ups on his own in front of me. Wow. So I said to him, that is amazing. This is many years ago. I said, that is amazing. And he, as I mentioned, was German. He says to me, Kelly, why do you think that was amazing? I have been able to do this my whole life. And you know, I think that's what many years ago inspired me to start thinking about this concept of aging and why some people age well and some people don't. Some of us never try. Some of us don't think we should. Some of us didn't know how to begin with. Some of us were never encouraged. Some of us are told not to. And some of us are really, really cautious. Some of us are not cautious at all. Some of us like to try things. Some of us don't. And those factors largely contribute to how well you're aging. But one of the big things that I want to underscore throughout the entire time we're together in all these podcasts is this, 
If your car was broken down and one tire was flat, would you say, oh, well, I've got three more and keep driving? No, we don't do that. We know better. But yet with our body, we say, oh, well, that joint doesn't move very well. Oh, well, I've got other joints. Yes, we do that all the time. And that's why in this country, to be completely honest with you, that's why the number one and two surgeries in the field of orthopedics are replaced hips and replaced knees. Now, I'm very thankful surgeons exist to do that work. But I'm also very frustrated because people wait years and years and years and years before they go in and seek treatment for this now bone-on-bone configuration for which there is no good solution except surgery. Not long ago, I had a patient that came in and she said, you know, my hip has been kind of stiff for a while, but I went to see my OBGYN and I couldn't get my feet in the stirrups. I couldn't get them out wide enough. Now for the guys listening, you really can imagine you've got to get the knees out wide enough for, for the OBGYN to evaluate the rest of the body there. She couldn't get her right hip out. And I thought, oh my goodness, how is it? I didn't say this out loud, but how is it you did not know that your hip would not flare out? Do you ever try to sit cross-legged? Absolutely not. Do you ever try to, to put your pants on with your knee, pull, your knee? No, knee pulled up. No, 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 I have to sit down. So she never tested herself. Now, your hip does not become that stiff in a month. It becomes stiff over years. So her movement pattern for years and years and years and years had been not to test or push or shove or ever get that hip to open up fully. That kind of stuff makes me crazy because we are in control of that. No one else is. We can move the body about. And the two-bounce protocol does take you through every cardinal range of motion in the body in such a way that if you do each and every single one of those movements every single day, you too can be like that German man who hollered at me and said, why would I not be able to do it? I do it every day. So the question is, if you can do it today, what possibly would be the reason you couldn't do it tomorrow? Well, you could be in an accident, right? You could have been diagnosed with cancer and you have to have surgery that removes an important part. Those things happen to people for sure. But truthfully, even for those things that happen to people, there still is amazing rehabilitation possibility for the body. Sometimes you can do it on your own, but typically it's best to get a little help from someone who knows what you are capable of doing. Otherwise, you fall short of your own healing recovery. Let's say you hurt your hip and then it doesn't move very well, like, oh, whatever, I'll be fine. But you don't know how to stretch it and you don't know which stretches should be done and you don't know how much soreness is normal or not normal, so you don't do anything. That's why we have chiropractors and massage therapists and physical therapists and osteopaths and acupuncturists, all the people that help you get your range of motion back ever so, so important. When you get hurt, take care of it. The earlier you come in, the faster you recover. The longer you wait, the more you adapt, the more you build bone on bone. And we're going to talk about osteoarthritis um, quite a lot because People think that it's a thing that just comes down from the heavens and smashes on them. No, osteoarthritis, the development of it largely 
is a historical expression of what your body has been through for years and years and years. We can kind of guess what's happened to your body when we're examining you, when we're taking you through range of motion. We can kind of guess that there's been some traumas that have prevented you from recovering and you've done nothing about it except stay home and take medication that maybe calmed the pain or stayed away from the things that hurt. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the beginning of moving your body into a prison cell, into a little box, and you don't want to be in a little box. Just this week, I heard an interview about a man who was living in South Africa, and he wrote a book that I have not yet read, but he actually filmed a documentary called My Teacher the Octopus. And if you haven't seen it, it's so worth seeing. It's just a beautiful story of this man who goes skin diving, no suit, no oxygen, every day for nine years in a row. And for one of these years, he has a relationship with an octopus, and it is absolutely endearing. But at one part, the octopus gets hurt. And actually, one of her legs is chewed off. But lo and behold, she recovers. She didn't go to the doctor. Her body is her doctor because in the, if you're an octopus, you can grow back a tentacle, which she did. But you still have healing, regenerative properties that are remarkable. You may not be able to grow back a leg, but you can heal so many things. And you don't recognize that your spine is a living tissue and that it does respond to good stress, to good stretches, to good movement, to good strengthening. So when you don't get the rehabilitation you need early on, that's what begins the process of aging. That's why it's so important to put yourself first. We can change our spines. I had a gentleman who was in his 70s who was so incredibly kyphotic, and his sons were quite worried about him. By kyphotic, I mean when your thoracic spine, the middle of your back, becomes humped. You know, humpback of Notre Dame is a good word picture here, although in his case he had a scoliosis and his ribs was humped up on the side of his curve. I'm talking about just somebody with a big curve in their mid-back, and that can happen for lots of reasons. Number one is you stop doing the work to keep yourself from standing up. And if uh, maybe you got a compression fracture, but you didn't do anything to recover from it, there's some really cool things orthopedic surgeons can do to make that compression fracture fill up again, but you can't wait six months. You've got a, you know, about a six-week time frame to take care of that. So when we hurt, we really need to get our, our problems handled. And so in actual fact, you can change your body no matter what negative stories you've been told. And this gentleman with this increased kyphosis, he's been doing his stretches for three years and he says now when he walks past a window and he kind of looks over to catch his, his posture, he's really proud of the fact that he's standing so much straighter. He tells me he thinks about me yelling at him, which may not, <laughs> might not necessarily be a good thing. But the point is this guy has Parkinsonism and you do not want to throw 
a poor forward-leaning curve on top of Parkinsonism, which in and of itself challenges our balance. So he has done himself a huge service by changing his posture, by trusting the fact that his spine is a living tissue, that his spine will respond to stress. And we're going to talk more and more about that over the next few podcasts. But understand this, that bones are a lot like people in terms of if they get stressed, they react. They react. They're not just inert. So for instance, if um, the bone has an abnormal biomechanical pull on it because you've learned to not move your hip properly, your hip was hurt, over time the bone will build spicules of bone, bony bridges to say, okay, if he's not going to use this darn thing, I'm going to close it down. I'm going to build bony bridges from one bone to the next so he can't move it. I'm going to create a little spur of calcium, of bone, that's going to say, nope, no more movement here. And that happens over months and years of you not moving your body. So the work we're going to be doing coming up in this podcast is going to be teaching you how to move each and every joint in your body And right now, if you can't do it, it is okay, because over time, over time, every day, you'll get a little bit better. And you think, I don't want to spend the time or effort. Well, I say this to my patients, if you don't have eight minutes a day, you should turn your body in. (laughs) I say it with a laugh. But my goodness, if you don't have four minutes in the morning and four minutes at night, come on now, let's, let's reconsider. And some of these things you can do while watching television, if that makes you feel a little bit better. So what I'm going to be offering you in the uh, show notes is a picture of kyphosis. So when I'm using that terms, you have an understanding. Of course, that is in the book as well. But if you don't happen to have that book, I'll have that in the show notes, a picture of somebody with kyphosis. You can have a better perspective of what that is. So we are at the end of our short podcast today and I look forward to talking to you next week. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Thanks again. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we're done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website 8minutestoageless.org will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.